Hello, everyone, and welcome to Next Level People Podcast. I'm your friendly neighborhood recruiter and the host of this show, Greg Johnson. I am committed to this being a no BS, no fluff show where you'll get to hear from some amazing people about some really interesting topics and walk away with easily implementable action items that will help you get to the next level. So buckle up and let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number two of Next Level People. We've got an incredible guest for you today, but before we get into that, I want to give a quick shout out to the review of the week, and this is coming from Jolyn O'Block. She says, I really enjoyed the podcast episode, The Beard and the Batman of LinkedIn. They offered great insight from the perspective of recruiters as to how to authentically leverage the platform for relationship building. Their personalities were infectious. Looking forward to seeing more podcasts like this that share tips from various user groups on how they have used the platform to build and expand their business, grow their consulting firm, find new business partners, or gain a new job. The opportunities on hashtag new LinkedIn are boundless. So thank you so much, Joe Lynn. And if you would like a chance to get a shout out on the show, please go over to iTunes and give us a quick review so that we can share it with our audience. All right. Well, today I've got Lindsay Mustaine. She is my sister from another Mista. She is the LinkedIn goddess and (laughs) she is, she's just an awesome person. And so Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Um, So today we are going to talk about recruiters. Uh, We're going to talk about it from a couple different angles. Uh, Lindsay, I'll let her talk about it a little bit more and I'll let her kind of introduce herself for uh, the point two people on LinkedIn that don't know who she is. Uh, (laughs) And uh, she's going to kind of go over an article that she wrote and got a ton of hate mail for gosh, almost a year ago now. I can't believe it's been that long. Um, But Lindsay, welcome to the show. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you're all about, and then dive into what this article that you got so much hate (laughs) slash love for. Absolutely. Well, okay. So I'm Lindsay. Um, I go by hashtag ask Lindsay. And about um, 18 months ago, I started answering questions from job seekers while working on the corporate recruiting world that has continued to snowball. And I actually became Amazon's most visible recruiter and eventually actually launched my own business. So uh, I am I have like a LinkedIn Cinderella story is kind of the essence of it. And luckily what I get to do now is um, spend a lot of time helping people on the other side of the equation rather than from the recruiting side. How do you be prepared from the candidate side? So a little bit of a different paradigm now. So that's what my organization does. And I wrote an article back in January um, and I was at this point where I was sitting at an inbox filled with 500 messages managing 34 different hiring managers and fires around me in all over the the place where I was at. And so I just, I wrote this article at a time where I was really feeling the intense uh, pressure of what it is like to be a recruiter. And I know that we tend to get painted with a broad stroke of um, recruiters don't care. Recruiters are bad people. That's really not true. Most recruiters do care. Most recruiters are good people. There are good recruiters and there are not so good recruiters. But I wrote an article that said, recruiters don't have time for this. Ain't nobody got time for that. 
<laughs> I know. Let me just tell you that title itself was somebody like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, has you not actually seen that this is a meme? Like ain't nobody got time for that. That's a thing. Seriously. Uh... So, so that, that was one of the funny responses that I'm like, I actually went back in and edited my article. I'm like, I came up with this because I had to put a to link to the YouTube, like a little video of Sugar Brown saying it. Sugar <laughs> so Brown. She's like, so there's a, I did a, an, a post recently about the worst interview questions. And a lot of people said that people ask what their spirit animal is. I'm pretty sure that Sugar Brown is my spirit animal. So that's, I'm ready for, if anybody asked me that in an interview. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's not exactly a valid uh, interview question, but yes, you should definitely put that on. I'm for sure going to put that on there. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, it looks like it's Sweet Brown. I'm sorry, Sweet Brown. Sweet Brown. There we go. Yeah, Sweet Brown. Yeah. Either way, she is my spirit animal. All right, so let's let's dive into this. So you had you had a million gajillion fires going on all around you. You had people that wanted things from you. Uh, you had people that were angry with you. And so what, what, what happened next? You wrote this article, right? Yeah, I wrote this article and it was passionate in the moment. Um, I'd already learned how to write articles that get good readership. And so, um, it had a lot of views and it resonated so much with the recruiting community. They were like, huzzah, somebody says it finally, <laughs> you know, like we're, we're, I, I, everybody is always tiptoeing around candidate experience most of us are guided by social media policies but i just finally was like listen if you want a recruiter actually respond to you you need to do a couple of basic things here and i'm not asking for rocket science they're pretty low-hanging fruit in my opinion so i stand by everything i say in here now i think that people tend to get up at arms because they think that people don't care or what about this or we're doing too hard but the truth is is that when you apply you are one of a hundred up to one of a thousand. So if you can't get my name right, and I'm really sensitive about that, you're not going to get any further than that. So this is not because I don't like you. It is because I am trying to help you. So right. if you want to take it that way, um, then that would be great for your search. And if you don't, you can just not take it and you can continue doing what you're doing already, which is probably not being very effective. And the yeah. definition of insanity, as I've heard. Yes, I love it. Because I mean, I the whole reason I started this podcast is because I wanted – there's so much fluff out there and BS, and you know it just as well as I do. And this is the type of information it's, – it's tough love, but a big emphasis on love. We're going to tell you exactly how it is so that you can hopefully get better. And so let's, let's kind of scroll through this. Recruiters don't have time for this. Number one, lack of punctuation and grammar. Dive into that a little bit. <laughs> Um, so there, there are some things that go into this. A lot of times um, when people first start messaging, I get a lot of hello, ma'am. Um, and that's it. And Me I don't too. even bother. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> hello. I get hello, sir, too. But I'm really indifferent. I answer to hey, you. So, yeah. um, but hello, ma'am. I am not, I have 500 messages in my inbox and I'm, granted, my job now today is interacting on LinkedIn, but if you don't have anything to say to me, hello, ma'am, that's not even spelled right, is not going to get my attention, nor am I going to respond to it. So the most important thing you can do is start with a good opener. So if you want to send an in-mail message, one, it costs you money typically to send it and you better make it effective. So, um, it's not that hard, actually. In fact, I think now, I don't know if you've seen this, Greg, but they started to put in, if you actually start connecting with somebody or open it, 
uh, a message to someone that you're connected with, it'll actually populate um, some of the things. Like immediately after mm-hmm. connecting with somebody, it'll say, thanks for connecting. And then people say, oh, thanks, you too. Like you can literally just respond back with auto replies. So take advantage of that because you apparently know, they made would, it idiot proof. <laughs> I would love to do a video with you just seeing how far we can take that auto reply conversation to where it's like <laughs> actually coherent to where like okay no this is actually a robot talking on the other end i want to see how far we can take it it actually started to ask us because it said something and i said thanks you're welcome or i said you're well or they said you're welcome and then it came back and it was like how are you and i'm like god yeah this could go on forever so um it'd be really interesting to see Let's but okay so lack of punctuation and grammar all things aside Writing a sentence structure that makes sense is important to be employed in America. Okay. You have to have good communication skills. If you can't write a sentence that demonstrates that the very first time I talk to you, and let me tell you, it is like dating. When you get introduced to a new candidate, this is the best I will ever see you at. How you interact with me, you are on your best behavior. You are, this is a perfect moment. If this is the best that you can do, I'm not going to expect much coming from there or I'll quickly dismiss you. So yes, start with a sentence that actually has the right words. So this was like, how, how's ya doing? That was the question. One, you're not telling me anything. Two, wasting my time. Three, you can't spell. Okay. So Mm. Grammarly, free app, go get it. Use it. Oh, Grammarly is amazing. That's a good tip right there for anybody that's listening. If you don't have Grammarly, just Google it and put it up there. It's an amazing extension that you need to have. Uh, All right. Number two, you got the recruiter's name wrong. We kind of touched on this. It's kind of self-explanatory. If you're reaching out to a recruiter, I seriously, I mean, even today, if I go through my messages that I have not answered yet, I guarantee that there's going to be at least one Craig and one Gray. (laughs) Neither are my names. Uh, I've kind of gotten used to it. It doesn't doesn't bother me so much, but I will 100% guarantee you that I will, I am less likely to respond to somebody that gets my name wrong than somebody that took the 0.2 seconds to make sure that they got it right. Obviously mistakes happen. I've screwed up. And if you do screw up the name and you notice it, it's better to send a follow-up message saying, ah, crap. Hey, I'm totally sorry. I screwed up your name. Even like if you screwed up and you were sending out blast emails, you'll get more from me if you respond back quickly saying, I totally screwed up, dude. I'm sorry. I This is what I'm doing. It, it just makes you a human. And so own up to it. It's If you do screw up, it's not the end of the world, but just, just take the 0.2 seconds to make sure that you send out the right name. It's very easy to do. Uh, all right. Next, you sent a form message. Talk to me about that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so beautiful thing about... Um, you know, working in a digital age is you can copy and paste. And so uh, I, let me tell you, I've connected with a lot of people. Um, I freed up some space in my network uh, this week. And I haven't been able to do that like literally in six months. And so I was accepting all these new people. And I got all these messages back. And it says, I'd like to work for your company. Here's my resume. Well, one, I'm not hiring. Right. Because <laughs> it's a two person company. So not hiring. Um not even applicable to my industry. It wasn't personalized at all. And so um, those messages, actually, as soon as I get that, I actually am unconnecting with that person because one, you need to um, 
there's people who do it right and there's people who do it wrong when you try to connect with somebody. And that is that you send a personalized message. And the first thing that I do when I send a message and somebody um, responds to me where I send the connection request, uh, as I say, I'm really glad we're connected. Is there anything I can do for you? If the first thing that you're going to do from me is try to take from me, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to build a rapport from me. And so I have 30,000 other people legitimately who are asking for things from me. You better build a rapport before I'm going to respond to something. So no sending forum messages, personalize it. Now, here's the thing. You can copy and paste all you want. And I actually have an example. Um, and I won't share his name, but he does a lot of do you agree articles. And he and I correspond a lot of time. And one time he sent me a message and he put the wrong name on it. <laughs> <So> <laughs> he was copy and pasting and using the wrong name. So, right, like we've got two nice. and three going on. But you know what? I've already had 30 other conversations with him, so it didn't matter. And I knew that. And so I gave him the benefit of the doubt. You don't have that. If you're actually trying to connect with a recruiter now, I'm the exception because I'm not actually hiring for anything. But if you do that to a recruiter, they're going to immediately dismiss you. It is like Mm -hmm. shooting, like throwing spaghetti on the wall and hoping something sticks. That's the kind of target. Be specific. Laser focus what you want. And then put a message together for each person. You can create your own cover letter or value proposition is what I kind of like to use. But customize it. Don't try to hit a gazillion recruiters all on the same day. It doesn't work. Right. No, that's 100% agree with that. And I love how you said, don't throw spaghetti at the wall. <laughs> that I, thank you for, for censoring it for our sensitive audience. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So... Copying other recruiters, what's that all about? (laughs) I don't even know if they have this functionality anymore, but um, you can have a message and you add every person that you'd like into it. And I don't know how many times would they would be Mm. like, hi, I I want job here resume, you know, like literally that's like, again, going back to the uh, first problem. And I'm like, I wonder how effective that was because nobody replied to that because you tagged 20 different recruiters in here. So again, it's like dating. If you don't make me feel special and this is what you really want, I'm not going to do the same because the most important thing you can do <laughs> in the... <laughs> I just got this picture of like group texting every girl that I ever had a crush on saying, hey, you want to go on a date or something? <laughs> I know. I feel so I feel so special now, Gray. Yeah, Gray. exactly. Hey, Gray. Gray. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... It's exactly it, though. But like, there's so many comparisons to this. Might be an article dating and trying to <laughs> connect with network. Dude, recruiting <laughs> and dating is there's so many incredible parallels there. It's ridiculous. Oh, um, but at the same time, incredible. if you're a recruiter, <laughs> don't date all your candidates. It gets real awkward real fast. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> just ask Adam Karpiak. No, just kidding. Um, so. Number five, you told the recruiter, look at my profile. I'm going to start with this one. This one is probably one of my biggest pet peeves. Uh, one, so I I try really hard to be really super nice and be understanding because everybody is coming at it because they need something and they have a good heart. I understand that they they need to get a job. I get it. I've been under unemployed and it sucks. But when all you do is say, look at my profile. Or if I had somebody do it recently, they commented and said, hi, I'm looking for this job. Look at my resume. One, I don't have your resume. Two, (laughs) if you're talking about your LinkedIn profile, no. Uh, Well, I actually, I did look at their profile, so I'm going against my own thought process here, but stay with me. The whole thing is one, if you do want a recruiter to look at your profile, 
give them the story. Don't just say, look at my profile. Those four words have zero meaning to a very busy recruiter. If I have, like Lindsay was talking about, 34 hiring managers that I need to answer to as to why I don't have five resumes ready to go for every single one of their three openings that they've got right now, I'm not going to just go look at your profile. If you instead say, hey, Greg, uh, I'm so-and-so, I noticed that you wrote this article, or I noticed that you did X, Y, and Z, uh, love what you said there, um, you know, I'm currently, this is why it resonates with me. I'm actually currently looking right now. Uh, this is the space that I'm in. I don't know if you're open to it, but I'd love to have a conversation with you. That, you're giving them a story, you're stroking their ego, and you're making them actually want to have a conversation with you. It's it's adding value to the conversation. It's not just, like Lindsay said earlier, it's not just immediately demanding something from them. In, like, it's, it's, if you go to anywhere, uh, like let's, we'll bring it back to dating. You're at a bar or a club or something like that. And you walk up to somebody that you want to dance with or buy a drink for or whatever. Uh, you, instead of saying, Hey, can I buy you a drink or fill in the blank with whatever crappy pickup line you have, <laughs> you just say, you walk up to that person and say, buy me a drink for certain people that might work. Never in my case will that ever work. But I mean, it's, you're you're demanding something right from the get go, and you just look like a turd. That's that's yeah. it's bad. Well, right there's the emotional bank account. Let's go back to that. Like, Ooh, if you yeah. want to build a rapport with somebody, you have to earn trust. And so, the more trust you have in somebody, the more you can mess up. But right away, if you go into negative balance, you're totally overdrawn, and that person's going to disengage from you. So. Just don't do that. It's so easy to write. If you can write, look at my profile, write a story about what it is. You know what? You can even copy and paste that same story. This is the secret. You can copy and paste that same story, but make it about you. There's a reason why I, I mean, I don't have time to help people right now. I, I, and I have a business to run, so I charge people to do it, but I still go out and I do things for people for free because they're in need. And they ask me in a way that compels me to help them mm -hmm. because they appeal to my humanity. Don't pretend that we're just machines because we're not. We don't have an obligation to you. No matter what you think, actually, recruiters are not paid by you. They're paid by the company. And our job is to get through as many people as possible till we find the right one. So you are just one of those many people I'm getting through if you're going to act like that. Right, exactly. Uh, number six is kind of in line with number five. Same, same kind of idea. Do you have any jobs or do you have any jobs in whatever the location is? I get this all the time and i know i've talked to uh or maybe it was sean that uh that posted about this recently I, I don't remember what it was but it's very clear what i recruit for on my profile <laughs> it's very clear yes. what a lot of recruiters recruit for on their profile and so i don't have a problem with people reaching out to me saying can you help me with with this kind of thing uh but just understand i I am 100% in the tech space. There are other people that are 100% in the recruiting salespeople space. There's people that are 100% in the finance space. And so re reaching out to me saying, can you help me get a job in finance is not going to help you. I, I might send you to somebody that I do know, but yeah, it's it just doesn't, you got to do a quick research. If you're blasting recruiters all over the place, regardless of what their profile already says they can or cannot do for you. You're really just, you're not 
you're not doing yourself any favor. Instead, do a quick search for recruiters that specifically recruit on the jobs that you are looking for in your area. And uh, so I'll give you two parts of this story. So this was when I was at Amazon. I would get, so I'm getting 500 messages a day. 40 of them are like, do you have these jobs? I'm like, literally, I don't know. They had 23,000 jobs open at one point. I don't know how many jobs are there. That's how many job postings anyhow were listed on their website. You could go see yourself. Go look. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I'm not recruiting for that. And so I had to create a whole article. There's, I think it's still even up there. My FAQ. If you want to know what Amazon's hiring for, you should go. We should go look. But um, I recruited for recruiters and HR professionals. That was my entire part. Now, the second part of that is that there are people who in the recruiting industry who are very well connected. And, and an example, Greg is one of them. And he can probably introduce you to somebody, but you better approach it from this, the stance of saying, I know this is really not what you're specialized in, but here's my situation. And is there anything that you could give me advice wise? Um, he'd probably be way more likely mm. to respond to that than just like demand a question. Cause we're all human. Like yeah. that be human movement is really passionate. So while I'm giving you tough love here about how, what not to do, it's because I want you to actually get the job and stop shooting yourself in the foot. Exactly. Yeah. No, we're, we're coming at this from, from love because we, have i'm sure Lindsay coming from amazon like much more than i but we have seen thousands and thousands of messages from people and we've seen the good we've seen the bad we've seen the ugly and we've seen everything in between uh Lindsay, uh you know just uh, being a woman has probably seen even the uglier side of people hitting on her i only have the one random dude that said those eyes on a comment <laughs> so i had somebody who said i love you um and has proposed to me as well so again i'm still a little bit bitter that you turned me down but <laughs> that's the way to get blocked fast <laughs> yeah real fast um but all right so we, we've gone through those things uh let's kind of pivot a little bit to how what's the best way to build a relationship with recruiters like what because recruiters can be a huge asset to someone's search. What What's the best, what, how do you start off? So this, like how to connect with recruiters is the thing is, is that, I mean, there's thousands of us. So um, there are gonna be people who probably show up in your feed that are talking about recruiting. And those are people who are really typically, the only reason why we would post out in the LinkedIn and not use it just like, here's a job, here's a job, here's a job. And we say like, here's things to help. Those are the recruiters that actually have your best intentions usually at heart. And so they're trying to ultimately help you. So that's one that you can decide you know, that recruiter is probably going to be somebody. Now, it could be somebody like Greg or I, and if you call me Hannah, I may not reply, <laughs> but um, if you if you reach out and you give us your story and your pitch, you know, you should have your value proposition or elevator pitch, um, we might help you. So, but you have to realize that you are, a lot of times, I like to say networking is like going to harvest field or crops in a field where you never even planted seeds. So if you, you have to start from someplace, so you need to start by earning that rapport. Um, so there's one way. Now, the other thing is that you, you should go out and message on LinkedIn and network if you are starting to look for your job, especially if it's, um, and if it's really early in the stage, this is the perfect time. If you're in the emergent need, you've got to take a different approach. And really the thing is, is when you send the in-mail message, you know, the likelihood that person's going to respond is zero to 10%. So everything, if you fall, if you don't follow any of the rules I've said, you're going to end up on the zero percent. You're going to feel like, why am I not getting attraction? Well, cause you're, you're really doing it wrong. But if you were to take time and say, 
Hi, Lindsay. Let's let's just go through here. I created an actual full statement. That's actually a full sentence. Hi, Lindsay. I customized my message to you. I sent it to you individually. And I told you about what my story was and um, said, I would love to connect with you because of X, Y, Z, that stroking the ego thing. It's not just for recruiters, but I think it's a general. If you stroke a recruiter's there, how do you stand out? You build a rapport. And so somebody who gives you a compliment is again, it's just like dating, seriously, open with a compliment. You're more likely to get receptive. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's one way to really start a, an engaging conversation with a recruiter. And then I never say, ask for what you want that first message. I, I'd say, go and wait for them to reply. And then if they might ask you, so sometimes I'll be like, why don't you send me your resume? Um, and that, and I, and I have no way I'm not hiring for this job. I, I might actually help you because you've actually appealed to that side. And so that, that to me is you have to really plant a lot of seeds in order to get a return and you need to do it the right way. And it has to be thoughtful. Awesome. And so let's say, let's say you do build a relationship, uh, with, a recruiter and you're or whatever the situation might be maybe you just maybe they found you and they reached out to you and they're helping you on a job search and everything like that and you end up getting the job or you don't end up getting the job it doesn't really matter how do you what do you take it from there because some of the i have relationships i actually i still talk to the very first placement i ever did seven <laughs> years ago i still talk to him but how do you how do you, as a candidate, how do you keep on their radar? What's the best way of keeping on their radar, but not going into that kind of annoying candidate stage? Well, I think that if you can maintain a recruiter, so I have an example earlier this year, I placed somebody and it was the third time I had placed them in the course of a decade. Now, some people were like, that means you're not doing your job. I'm like, okay, seriously, we have changed three jobs since a decade you're more long-term than most employees. So that's just crap. But this person, and I didn't just hire, it's also like, oh, that's being, you know, selective. And I'm like, no, actually this person was a really good hire. <laughs> Again, build a relationship with your recruiter because then they will think about you. Or um, I wasn't even hiring for this job. This was a job at Amazon. And I was like, I worked with this person. I actually recommended them for a supervisor 10 years ago. Um, and they were, they were moving up and to become a supervisor at Amazon. And so it's just amazing to get to see what, what that is. And so the biggest thing is like, if you have a recruiter, so my, I've always been on the corporate recruiting side. Mm -hmm. So I got to see a lot of my, my people and I would always really want to go in and engage and, and talk with them. Cause really for me, recruiting is not about getting the right person in the right job. That that's, that's a benefit, but it's the relationship for me. That's what drives me. And the fact that I really changed people's lives when they were getting a job, like when they would get a job offer and they would, be like oh my god thank you so much like that those moments for all the pain and there is a lot of pain in recruiting that was worth it that one minute was worth it and so i'm mm-hmm. um, just being i have a guy who i met um i give you a great example a guy i met probably oh i'm gonna say like five years ago um and he was looking for a job i didn't have anything in the space for what he was but you know what he did he would send out a little newsletter actually about what's going on just talk about his life and he just said and it was it was obvious as a newsletter but it was almost like a christmas letter yeah. <laughs> just like talk about things that were going on in his life and so I, he's still one of my connections and i still remember that and it was never just to ask for anything it was just like hey here's what's going on in my life and i really thank you for being a part of my network and I thought that was super cool. Now, it's really not scalable, obviously, because you can't message 30,000 people probably. Although if you have a smaller network, you probably could do it. But right. um, but those kinds of things, that's one way where I, that, that's the only person I've ever seen who actually did that. But it, here it is in my mind. Kirk, I remember. Yeah, he's 
he's got something cool going on. Yeah. No, I love I love that you put that out because there's I, I'm trying to think there's probably about four or five people that will regardless of whether I have a job for them or if they're looking or not will still keep in contact. They'll they'll send me a, a quick email maybe about once every three, six months, maybe once a year or something like that. But that those those are the people that like if I did have whatever position they're good at and I was like, oh man, this is that's the person I want to call because I have a relationship with them. And it's it's doesn't take too much effort to, you know, put put something on the Google calendar to do a reminder on your iPhone counter or whatever. Uh, and just saying, hey, ping this recruiter or ping all the recruiters that you typically work with or, or the good ones, because once you find the good ones, if you're able to continue that relationship and build it up, they will be such like I. I can tell you right now, the four or five people that reach out to me on a fairly regular basis, those are the ones that I will go to bat for probably about a thousand times harder than somebody that I don't have a relationship with, which can make a huge difference. Having a champion in the job search is something, I mean, if you're lucky to have that, that you should not discount it. Absolutely. Um, so the other thing I would say is that because for people, I mean, I, I would say there's a lot of people I stay in touch with because I've hired, you know, I think I've hired more than 10,000 people actually at this point, um, looking back on my career, which is a lot. So Jeez, but, that's, that is a lot. Um, but remember corporate recruiting, I worked in high volume for a long time. And so, right. um, during, but those people are also, um, responding to me on LinkedIn, they might send me an email or they might send me an email message. And so it's just something like a little touch point. I had a guy who he was literally, um, I asked to free up space in my network and he was like, I, of course I enjoy our, our connection, but, um, I'm actually have my dream job and we don't need to, we don't need to be reconnected if you really need the space to help other job seekers. And I was like, no, you're the kind of person I want to be. It's like, I was like, you're the person who's one responsive to what I have to say. And, and two, somebody I actually know. And so if you have something were to change, or even if it was something I needed some advice, I would want that person in there. And so having, yeah, having a diverse network and having people in there that can aid you, not just in recruiting, but in all parts of the life of your life, that's a really positive thing. And so I think it doesn't take very much to engage with somebody. And there are a lot of people who like, Greg is a good example of somebody who I never knew and we just engaged online and we have a really good relationship now. And so these things can happen really organically, but yeah. you have to invest the time. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think the mistake that a lot of people, I think there's two big mistakes. One, people think they see Lindsay's got, how many followers do you have now? Like 47,000 or something? I'm at 45. So 45. Um, Come on, yeah. you're kind of slack, and I thought it was 47. So funny enough, I sent this message out this weekend, and I said, if you want to stay part of my connect work, please let me know, um, because you're capped at 30,000, and so the people who are in the 30,000 could in-mail you without using their in-mail messages, and I'm one of the best network people like around, so um, I, I want to free up that space, and so some people really missed out at it and immediately unsubscribe, which is perfect because if, if I'm going to annoy you, please don't let me annoy you anymore. Just go ahead and move on. Right. Um, but yeah, no. So I, I actually was like, I hope I hit 45,000 and then I lost a thousand connections. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> okay, but believe it or not, me saying that and me telling people why I'm doing it. I'm a, I, I was at 44,000 this earlier this week, last week, 
Friday, I'm at 45,000 now. So That's it's awesome. just, it's interesting. You, once you start really thinking about what you want in your network, the, the, it will slough off those people that are not part of your message that are not part of your journey. It will still you. So that's why I talk about being laser focused. Same thing goes, choose your network. Um, I would say maximize it until you get to that possibility and then choose who you really want to keep intact mm -hmm. um, because they should be engaged with you. So yes, I am, I am at 45,000 and I'm really happy with yeah. that actually. No, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. That's huge. Um, so uh, getting back to the, the point that I was about to make. So the, there are two kind of downfalls that uh, I think people can make. One, it can be, they see somebody like Lindsay that's got 45,000 followers or Adam Karpiak, who's got like 20, 26 or something like that. And same with Sean. And they, they automatically think this person just, they won't have time for me. And so they don't even try. That's, that's a big mistake because people that are doing it, like, just like Lindsay said earlier, look for the recruiters that are active on LinkedIn and not the ones that are just hot job posting. And real quick disclaimer, recruiters, if you're listening to this, stop hot job posting. Not every single job you have out there is the hottest thing ever. <laughs> it, just please, for the love of God, stop. Um, so those recruiters, don't reach out to them. I mean, you can reach out to them. I'm sure they're great, but they're just very misguided. Uh, but well, the, they just don't know how to use it. They think right. that that's how it's supposed to be used. In fact, I have a post coming out this week that's going to talk about what somebody, how somebody told me last year how i was using linkedin wrong that's awesome i love it um so so that's one thing reach out to the people that you think would actually make a difference but do it the way that Lindsay described where you're actually you're slowing it down a little bit because the other side of it is that it's the people that reach out and expect immediate results for Lindsay to snap to attention and do exactly what they're asking them to do neither will work. Neither will get you what you want. What you need to do is slow it down. Make sure you've got the right name. Make sure that you <laughs> actually know if this person is even in line with, with what you would need them to do. Uh, and just kind of stroke their ego and, and say, hey, I love what you're doing or notice that you did this or whatever. Just show that you actually care enough to be engaged with what that person is doing. And then it could, it might only be like two or three messages down the line that all of a sudden you get to ask, or maybe they ask you, hey, is there anything I can do for you? Or they, you might have the opportunity to, to say, hey, I don't, I don't know if you'd be open to this, but I'd love to have a conversation with you about X, Y, and Z. That's the right way to go about it. Slow it down just a little bit so that it doesn't seem like you're asking somebody to snap to attention and do your every bidding. Um, so Lindsay, what, any, are there any, is there anything else that I'm missing on that? I, I think the biggest um, lesson that I can say about being on LinkedIn and using this and understanding recruiting is that <clears throat> recruiters are really not your enemy. And if you take that approach, they will be because mm -hmm. that's how you'll frame everything. Um, so that pre-frame is that if you think that everybody um, on here is ultimately trying to network and help each other, then that will be your truth. So reach out in that same vein, reach out from that servant mindset where it says, how can I help you? Because you need to give in order to receive. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. Exactly. No, 100%. Awesome. So for everybody that's listening, let's break this down. So number one, if you have not, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll post this up 
when I post the uh, the podcast. Read the Recruiters Don't Have Time for This by the one and only Hannah. No, <laughs> Lindsay <laughs> Mustaine. <Yeah. laughs> uh, don't send her hate mail for it. Um, and just read it for, for what it is. It's tough love, but it's stuff that people need to hear. Number two, start start engaging with recruiters in, I mean, everybody hates recruiters that are transactional. Don't be transactional or expect a recruiter to be relational. You've got to start with the relationship just as much as they do. So slow it down just a little bit and make sure you're building that relationship. Once you've got that relationship, obviously you've got, there's like Lindsay said, and I agree with this, there are about 87 gajillion recruiters out there some of them are going to be not so great some of them are going to be okay some of them are going to be pretty good very few of them are great so you got to test a lot of them out and the way you do that is just trying to build relationships with them and if you come up with you know you find out okay this one he's all right or she's all right uh keep keep looking and then maybe you find a really good one and then a little bit later down the road you find one that is a complete turd and you just block them it's okay it, there's an amazing thing on linkedin that actually allows you to block people instead of getting triggered which is pretty much the best thing ever there's also this thing on most people's uh laptops or mouse it's a functionality called just keep scrolling it's, uh, it's amazing you should try it um have a whole talk about like that tech ability <laughs> it's a, so sean hervey actually on twitter so if you want to know the real sean hervey find him on on twitter it's hervbird 21 and he'll do these videos it's complete sarcasm basically going off of that uh where it's like listen you have the capability of scrolling past something that you don't like it's okay you can do that um but yeah so you can you can just keep scrolling but just continue to build the relationships once you find the good ones don't let them go just like Lindsay and I said, if you kind of have some sort of schedule where you reach out to them once a quarter or once every six months, regardless of whether you're looking or not, that relationship that you build is so crucial to when you are actively looking. You don't want to go like be in emergency mode and actively try and build relationships immediately because you have to. You want to have them when you need them. All right. It's kind of like a seatbelt. All right. You don't you don't need it until you're in a car accident, but you're super happy you have it on when it when it actually happens. So make sure you build those relationships before you need them. Lindsay, is there anything else that you want our listeners to hear as kind of your final statement? If there's one thing I can say that most people are at a disadvantage on LinkedIn is that they think that um, you need to be completely professional and just like your resume without any kind of personality on LinkedIn. And the thing that will set you apart from everybody else is when you start really realizing that both of you are human and making authentic connections based on that. 100% agree. I was, I was a lurker on LinkedIn for about six years. Uh, and it, in the last, I think, when did we do our webinar, Lindsay? Was that August? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, just maybe a couple months before that is really when I started using LinkedIn the right way. And I have just the doors that have opened simply because I am not being a stuffy, corporate-y, professional LinkedIn user have been insane. I mean, just the relationship that Lindsay and I have 
is is this is enough right like i mean this, this is, this is all, of that's the only thing that i wanted to come out of it is for Lindsay <laughs> to talk to me so no but seriously it's it's insane guys and gals that you've got to make sure that you listen to what Lindsay's saying here you don't have to be stuffy anymore you can be who you are and that's the beautiful thing about this new linkedin movement so make sure that you're doing exactly what Lindsay said. Uh, just just in all areas of life, she is basically a guru. Uh, <laughs> so Lindsay, again, thank you so much for joining. I always have a ton of fun chatting with you and I, I know that the Likewise. listeners are gonna have fun with this one as well. See you on LinkedIn. Well, there you have it. Episode number two with my good friend, Lindsay Mustaine, who is an absolute must-follow person on LinkedIn. If there's anything I hope you got out of this episode, it's to slow down and treat people the way that you want to be treated. The little extra time that you take will go a long way with anybody you want to connect with. Again, I am your host, Greg Johnson, your friendly neighborhood recruiter. And until next time, see you on LinkedIn.